Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And it's good to be with you, Father Shane. It's good to be with you always. <laughs> wow, thank you. <laughs> the peace of the Lord be with you always. Yes. Um, lots of stuff happening this time of the year. We're in the spring right now. Tis the season for graduations. The the, yeah, the grad parties. The Please, give me another cupcake. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right, so do you, um, I know you've gone to some grad parties. I've also gone to some grad A parties. A few. Do you um, dozen? <laughs> do you get a little snack at each one of them? Well, I've learned from the veteran teachers because they, you know, they they show up at all these grad parties to meet the family and congratulate the graduate. And oh, there's all this food. There's all this food. We have hundreds of pounds of food inside. Come inside. Yeah. Come inside. Push the food. And some of the veteran teachers are just like, no, <laughs> no, I will have a beverage and then I'm moving on. Yes. I'm going to six parties today and right. I'm not going to feel miserable at the end of the right. day by congratulating you all. Right. So yeah. I've learned, to, I, I've, I used to, oh, I got to be polite. I got to be polite. And then I put on 45 and pounds. you have one, I'll take one singular mint. Thank you. <laughs> one singular uh, cream cheese mint. I haven't seen those in this uh, year's circuit. I think they're falling out of favor. I know. We had a lot it's of a classic kind of typical small, t- this is, you know, as a, upper midwest podcast you know people mm-hmm. will appreciate i think just like the good like um hearty fare of pulled pork sandwiches and cheesy potatoes tacos in a bag uh, we didn't have any, that's what i had at my graduation party. okay yeah did you have a big fancy sioux city graduation party back in the day when i graduated yeah food trucks or a bouncy house or so slide or anything. um i did a brunch mm. <laughs> we did a brunch earlier in the day because i just did it entirely for selfish reasons because i was just like well i want to go to other people's grad parties sure i don't want to put it at the same time as all my friends yeah and so i did that and i think i was one of the first people to ever do a brunch back in the late 90s quiches and um well then i heard teachers complaining about it afterwards because they're just like oh all these things are starting earlier and earlier in the day Uh, it used to be i you know i can condense these things down for like you know four to four to seven p.m and now it's like all day and i was like oops sorry (laughs) i did go yeah there was a morning one i went to last year where they had a it was actually pretty sweet they probably saw it on pinterest they had like a board with like little dowels like pegs and they had donuts oh yeah hanging from them donut boards donut boards oh sorry i then no no i i've seen it one time in a, in a hotel oh really yeah it was just a big pegboard I mean, with it's, donuts it's, it's everywhere kinda, it's like i suppose it's like these things have holes in them we can hang them places but it was unique and it was like the school colored on the donuts well and i don't know i'm not a chef but i would imagine there's a practicality when you put when you hang them on pegs ah. they don't sit on one another and then the the thrusting rips off when you pull the top one off from everything below it fl- and just doing you know it to keep going on this culinary note that i'm sure the fluffy texture that you've work so hard to produce oh yeah isn't also compromised because of the you know the weightiness, the weightiness <laughs> yes. of the donuts wow if anybody else has any um you know comments on a donut board do do write in um we're excited to talk to you about the the you know, just kind of the donut boards in general try it make your um, own donut board at home that'd be exciting display um, various maybe, fra- flavors nice and Father textures had a donut board ready for you when you arrive to kenrick is kind of a welcome Right. You know, as the outgoing vice rector, I think he's going to find that a formation issue. Way too many calories. Way too many calories. Too many not, calories a, right. not a balanced, healthy perhaps, lifestyle. Perhaps it could be like healthy snacks on a board as well. Yes. Um, 
Little dried rings of apples on a pegboard. <laughs> okay. That would High be apples of, of sorts. Yes. That would That's be a, great. a vice rector um, type of healthy move. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Graduation. You guys kind of do it up big. I got to say, um, uh, it's I, just from hearing and seeing pictures of what the healing graduation ceremony is. It's just done with a little bit more pomp and circumstance, if you will. Um, it like, is big. I mean, doing it at the Orpheum is beautiful. And um, it's impressive that all the, all the faculty and staff wear the um, cap and gown. Like, yeah. Cap and gown regalia and stuff like that. Um, we're just a little bit more rebel low key in the gym. Uh, well, I, I think but you do with you do what you got to do, and it, there's not as many students, so it's it's easier. Yeah, no, I think Helan does kind of one of the more um, formal um, graduation ceremonies, probably in all of the Midwest, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the whole country. And the greatest thing about Helan's um, graduation, yes, the Orpheum Theater, historic theater, it's gorgeous. The faculty are in cap and gown. The greatest thing about Helan's um, commencement ceremony is that they, they print it in the program and they say it multiple times. There is no hooting and hollering for every single... Oh, s- there's no clapping. Sure. There's no hooting and hollering. You can't ring a bell. There's no air horns. Everyone is asked to respe- retain, remain re- uh, respectful and silent until, until the end. Yes, because if you're hooting and hollering, then the person behind you, their name actually gets drowned out. That's what takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when they when they go through the names in a very distinguished manner, it, it just kind of brings dignity to everybody yeah. and the whole experience. And then afterwards, um, the principal declares them to have graduated. They've all received their diplomas, uh, and then they can flip their tassels. And that's when the whole place goes nuts. Uh, but there's just something very dignified about that. And I think that's actually one of the traditions that Helan has here. That's one of the finest things that they've mm. maintained over these, what, 74 years the yeah. school's been open? The 74-odd years. I mean, 72. Take, right? <laughs> 70, 72 years. Yeah, and that's I think that's great. Um, it's, it's wonderful to celebrate a, a big transition in, in students' life. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. Um, I always give my mom a hard time because my college graduation from college seminary was the same day as my brother's high school graduation. Oh. So they had to choose. So they chose brother's high school graduation. And I was Rightfully so. Because no one graduates <laughs> from high school. You know, I mean, that's, right. a, that's really tough. But, no, it's, it is good. Um, they know you were just so secure. You don't need a fan club. That's right. So I had yeah. a, one of the one of the um, older professors who's kind of a grandmother figure. She took me out to breakfast because I didn't have any family. <laughs> Thanks, Doctor McGrath, if you're listening. Yeah. I didn't have anyone come to my graduation. And then I'm well, going to so go make myself so a that, sandwich. I, mean, I had my high school graduation, which was great. <laughs> then I had my my college graduation with Doctor McGrath at the breakfast place in Maryville. And then COVID happened, so we didn't have any kind of graduation at Kenrick. And then. We're going to return to the next year. You always love using the, the trombone. Um, we name that the uh, the father. Brad. I don't have a I don't have a sound effect for violins to just weep in the background <laughs> for right. your sorrow that college graduation and graduate school graduation were just so pathetic for you. I know, and I'm I like the pomp and circumstance. What can I say? Wow. So I'm going to live vicariously through the healing graduation because I never really okay. got to experience it. Anyways, all right, deep wound there, deep wound. Moving on, need just some therapy. That. Yeah, just moving past that. Um, a good segue though of graduation season because I have been thinking a lot about transitions, um, and I'm sure you have as well as we yes. transition to new life. Me, just 30 minutes down the road, you to Eight hours away. Hours across uh, Missouri. Yes. So what I have been thinking about is I, um, whenever this comes out, however it might correspond to the, the actual date on the calendar, um, my last Mass is at the parish. My first assignment will be on Ascension Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
now. We are in a diocese that celebrates Ascension <laughs> okay. on a Sunday. There's also only like seven dioceses in the whole country that don't celebrate it on Sunday. But it's right across the river in Omaha, to in too. in Omaha, which I think is very funny. One funny thing with that Ascension Thursday thing. Random so, association no, of Father Travis's brain. Go ahead. This is a real thing. <laughs> Mother Natalia from, she's a What God's Not podcast. Uh-huh. She listens sometimes. She was in town for my deacon ordination or something else, and it was close to the Ascension, and it was Ascension Thursday, because a Byzantine, as a Byzantine, that's still, like, they haven't changed it. It's on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. So she had to keep that, that day was a holy day of obligation for her. So she was going to still go to Mass regardless if it was an Ascension or not. She wanted to go to daily Mass anyways, but she had to make sure. Well, she just happened to be in Sioux City, and right across the river was um, Omaha that has... The Archdiocese. Archdiocese of Omaha, and yeah. I believe Lincoln. I think the whole, all of... Uh, Nebraska does. Well, there you go. Anyway, so the Ascension's coming up, and the Ascension is an interesting kind of conclusion of the Paschal Mystery as we hear in the Third Eucharistic Prayer through his passion, his resurrection, and ascension into heaven. Mm-hmm. We kind of we stop usually at the resurrection. Ascension kind of catches us off guard, and we don't usually focus in on the, the importance of that. It's a biggie. It is a biggie because, yeah. I mean, Jesus resurrects from the dead and brings kind of humanity back to its original holiness that we received but then he takes it one step further and takes humanity to the inner life of the trinity which we don't always think about the end of uh luke's gospel says that he sits at god's right hand it's very simple i, I was i was looking through the gospels uh, in preparation to preach for it and it's interesting that acts has a big description of the ascension of jesus mm-hmm. but the gospels really don't matthew just en- doesn't even end with the ascension it just ends with go forth uh uh make disciples of all nations baptize father son holy spirit mm-hmm. and marks is like boom and mm-hmm. then um, peace out. Yeah, and then John says, and John ends with a little interaction between John and Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, just follow me. Stop worrying about him. Mm-hmm. But then Luke's. It's pretty simple too. It's just like, and while he was blessing them, he was taken up from them, um, and was seated at the right hand of God. But as I read it, I was like, oh, that's simple, but that's huge. Seated at the right hand of God, he yeah. brought humanity into the inner life of the Trinity and gave us um, somewhere to go. So when we say that he opened the gates of heaven for us, I mean he gave us place to go and as he said i'm going to prepare a place for you mm-hmm. he's going to prepare a home and my father's home there are many many dwelling places i'm going to prepare that for you what i'm thinking about is how the ascension and how different transitions in our life um, our transitions and priestly assignments the transition of high school and college students or grad school students through graduation um, preschool students as well very important preschool graduation huge day those, yeah for were, those preschoolers who are so fortunate to go into <laughs> kindergarten the other ones have to go work the land, but the others get to move on to kindergarten. The fortunate ones do. Go ahead. You were saying, sorry. Some to TK as well. Yeah, God bless yeah. you who are working the farm, you know, those preschoolers, yeah. the five-year-olds out there. Um, this reality of transition in life in conjunction, in harmony with the ascension calls to mind, I think, a really important theological reality in which we can often find ourselves very outcast in those moments of transition. But I think what Jesus offers us is the moment of transition as he leaves the earth, as he goes to heaven, as he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, and how he leaves this, there's a space left. There's this anticipation that's left. And the apostles are left wondering, what's next? But then so soon after the ascension is Pentecost, where they receive the Holy Spirit, um, in place of Jesus' presence among them, fulfilling that promise that he'll be with them um, forever Mm -hmm. until the end of the age. I've just been thinking a lot about what different transitions in life, how they leave us feeling outcast, they leave us feeling empty. But they can, if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in those moments, 
always be moments of experiencing the homeland of heaven that we're made for. Um, so in moments of transition, of graduation, of changing, of jobs, of moving, but I think especially of, of death and of family members, right? These transition moments of life, they are difficult. They're sad. There's a, a grieving process that accompanies any kind of departure or change, but it can be uh, this expectation of weight. As St. Therese of Lisieux says, the world is my ship, not my home. Mm. My true homeland is heaven. And it doesn't make it better, it, but it, it can create this, this deep longing in us and allow God to be present in that moment of transition as a means of pointing us toward our homeland. In heaven. Yeah, well said. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those are my um, thoughts, yeah. Those are good thoughts. So what you're telling me is... Every moment of sadness is a, is a moment towards the homeland, I like right? When, <laughs> I like when skeptical 16-year-old Father Shane comes in. So what you're saying is... I, you know, I do. <laughs> Just for kind of a random thought here, I do worry that when I move down to Kenrick Seminary and I'm teaching the seminarians, everything will be through the lens of a skeptical 16-year-old <laughs> because that's like 11 years of my ministry. Yes, like right. I think of theology, I think of pastoral ministry through the lens of skeptical teenagers right now, it'll probably shape the entire identity of my priesthood. Anyways, uh, back to the thing at hand here. Um, yeah, every single transition moment in, in these grieving moments, these, these, these letting goes yeah. is, is a letting opening. Mm. It, it's, a, it's a doorway opening. I mean, we're sitting here talking about graduations and, and, and commencement means not the conclusion, but rather the beginning of what's next, Right. Um, and I think Jesus' teachings, you know, when he says, you know, it is better for you that I go in John's gospel, uh, for if I do not go, the Father will not send the Spirit, right? Um, I think that's a little obscure. I don't think it's really easily digestible by the average person just sitting in the pew kind of trying to guide their own faith life and, and prayer life. But to understand that, no, the Lord is going to consistently keep opening doors mm-hmm. and that endings for the Lord are always, always in view of something much bigger. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't end things. He doesn't close things just to upset us, <laughs> to yeah. say, you know, oh, you know, go sit in the corner and pout. No, that's not actually what he's doing. He's always opening doors towards the next horizon. Yeah, and there's this, there's this trust that can accompany the moments of, transition that can be an, an experience of feeling outcast unto ourselves or unto our situation. Um, the, the prospect of something brand new that's out there, right? Whether that's life with so scary is so scary, right? Yeah. Whether that's, well, whether that's just like, Oh, what's college going to be like, or, uh, the life without a loved one, right? Like in, when there's, when there's, um, somebody's impending death or, or a sudden death or something like that. Um, but if we can recognize that the Lord is faithful, if we have a relationship with him, if we can see these different moments in our life where he has been faithful, even despite our own lack of faithfulness, there can be this deep trust that, okay, Lord, if you have been faithful in the past, why would I not expect you to be faithful in the future? And I think mm-hmm. that's why the apostles, there's that moment of the ascension, but then bam, Acts of the Apostles just takes off mm-hmm. as we've been reading through and, and unpacking in our in our daily mass readings over this Easter season. Um, they're, they're, they, don't, they don't wait around too long. Um, mm-hmm. Pentecost quickly comes and that just explodes mm-hmm. um, because they know that the risen Lord is with them. I mean, he appears to Paul in the scriptures and the tradition of the Quo Vadis where he appears to St. Peter. There's these moments of recognizing, no, the, the presence of the Lord Jesus through the Holy Spirit is working in us. And 
while we were opened up in, in kind of sorrow and grief of, of losing Jesus, there's this recognition of, okay, now we've been opened so that we can receive the Holy Spirit. Um, and I, I've mentioned it before, but I love that um, Thomistic idea that God gives according to the mode of the receiver. Um, and then I think there's that kind of like folk knowledge that God never gives uh, more than we can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, it's hard to believe, but if we can look to the scriptures and we believe that that's uh, truly the revelation of God to us, that's the case with the apostles. Like he doesn't give them more than they can actually handle. Mm-hmm. And in that moment of transition, yeah, I mean, how could they imagine losing uh, Jesus to death and then experiencing his resurrection and then losing him and then he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but he leaves his promise. Like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you to myself. Right. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. That truth of the scriptures then could be related into our day-to-day life when we experience these moments of transition and the same promise of Jesus. Like, I'm preparing a place for you and I'm giving you this promise of, of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So as I'm leaving Helan and as you're coming in to take my spot here, I've just been telling everybody, well, it's going to be better. Yeah. <laughs> the prom- you, I have to leave. If I don't leave, the outstanding, wow. Wow. the magnanimous wow. Father Crotty will not be here to fill my shoes. And trust me, you want that door to open. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, we can't wait. Wow. We just can't wait. <laughs> but you're right. Not to, not to completely just uh, trample upon the beautiful <laughs> reflection you just offered with Jesus and in the life of the Trinity dwelling within us. Um, Usually I think I'm the comedic relief uh, and you bring the depth, but that was a little, you know. Maybe, I don't know what happened today at at school. Maybe the kids just got to me. I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, These doors that open up for someone going through the transition, uh, it allows them to to put their faith in in the Lord knowing that this, this new horizon is going to be available to them. But it also is true for everybody who's left behind, right? Yeah. The apostles sitting there watching our Lord ascend into glory. And then you know, immediately after that, the birds are chirping, the bugs are buzzing around, flies are, you know, and that like, okay, we're back to normal again. Where does that leave us? Well, you're not alone there. And, and the promise, as you describe it so beautifully, is still there. Mm-hmm. And the promise is alive. And there's grace drawing everybody into that promise. Yeah. Um, even when these these seemingly moments that these moments that seem so difficult uh, in moments of transition to have to say goodbye, to have to kind of mark one period of your life that's over, like graduating from high school and embarking on the next journey, uh, that seems like a real you know division in your life. And and it's it's a helpful way to think about you know how one chapter ends and another begins, but the promise is still there. Yeah. And the, the whole narrative of the book continues of your yeah. life, right? Yeah. And I think, uh, I, I had a, just like a really beautiful moment of prayer in the, in the church, um, just the other day after, after a kind of Sunday evening. And I was praying at these scripture readings and what was, what was coming up in my heart was just how important it is to pay attention to this kind of empty space that's left. The, the apostles had to pay attention to that reality that Jesus was gone. But I think the temptation for us, what even like gives, leads to even more feeling of being outcast. Um, okay, you graduate, then you have this kind of weird summer experience of just kind of waiting for the next thing. And if we don't pay attention to it, uh, some of that stuff can kind of come out sideways, right? We don't actually like give credence and we don't lean into the relationships that need to be like kind of honored or cherished that we've had that are changing. Um, and we just try to try so quickly to move on to the next thing. Um, or the, 
what happens so often when people lose family members, I mean, nobody wants to sit in that kind of grief and mm-hmm. they do, and they might not have the recognition of the hope that's to come. So they just kind of want to sweep it under the rug and like kind of move past it as, as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. I think what's really important that I'm realizing to myself, uh, I'm sure you're realizing as well is like to just acknowledge and recognize that the transition is leaving this kind of hole, this space that's so important because that's the space that the Holy Spirit can fill. Mm-hmm. As we see it happens in the apostles, but like we have to be aware of it and recognize it and kind of sit in it, even if it's uncomfortable for a little bit, mm-hmm. even if it makes us feel kind of outcast of not knowing what's going on and not feeling normal. Okay. That's okay. Because that's where God can come in into that place. Absolutely. And that's also in that, in the awkwardness of that space where you go have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's also where you discover mission, mm. you know, sitting in the comfortability of never um, allowing one chapter of your life to end or never allowing any doors to close, you never receive the next mission. So I'm just thinking like a bird when they get kicked out of the nest for the first time. Right. Uh, it's not comfortable. And there's this kind of recognition like, yeah. oh. Get, <laughs> it's like, get, like, get it, you know, plucked yeah, out. And ah, if they fall, yeah, yeah, and if they fall on the ground or in the midst of falling, it's just like, whoa, what's going on? I'm falling right now. This right. is like get these wings okay right this is something new but yeah it turns into it turns into mission mm-hmm. i just can't sit in the comfy nest forever right um yeah so go fly father <laughs> go <laughs> go fly with the ascended jesus it. and receive that, the next mission i love that like uh, what always accompanies the kind of like it's it's like the spicy teenager in like the whole package it's not only like the kind of uh maybe skeptical side it's also just the kind of like a little, <laughs> little spicy side <laughs> So I don't know what's into me today. It's a little more sarcastic. Paying attention to the transition, you know, he's not going to be with all these high schoolers. He's going to be with punk seminarians from now on. Yeah, it's going to be the same. It'll be the same. Let's be honest. Grad students, teenagers, they're all acting the same. So prayers for everybody who's any kind of, uh, you know, experience of transition right now. And as we lift each other up in prayer uh, and try to be less and less, you know, skeptical, sixteen-year-old teenagers, Father Shane, yes, um, we can you. be open to what the Holy Spirit is doing in each of us. So, thank you, everybody, for tuning. Amen. In. Hallelujah. Good thoughts. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.